Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. A brand new week of bringing clarity to the chaos is here. Today, Donna Howe looks at what Satan may have been doing before the creation of Adam. Later this week, Carl Gallups will take a deep dive into God's threshold covenant, and we will round out the week with Greg Patton and Ken Copley providing answers to the questions many have concerning spiritual warfare. All of these outstanding topics are boldly explored on the radio and online because of your continued support. Thank you. Author and researcher Donna Howell is here to uncover what God's first enemy did to earth in the days it was without form and void, and what may have really happened in the days of Adam. Dr. Tom Horn and Donna Howell have authored a new book titled Before Genesis. Looking at the back cover talks about our prehistoric world. You know, friends, usually when people talk about our prehistoric world, we're talking about people who do not believe the Bible. They've never really studied the Bible and have absolutely no commitment to the Bible and to its message. But you and I well know that that is not true. In the case of Dr. Tom Horn and Donna Howell, Dr. Tom Horn, Skywatch TV, and Defender Publishing have been responsible for many, many books and videos, and they've been on our shows, and also they've spoken in our conferences. Tom Horn has publicly expressed many times his indebtedness to Noah Hutchings. And Donna wrote me the other day and said that she was so excited to come to the actual office in Oklahoma City where Noah Hutchings worked because he was such a blessing to her dad, Tom Horn. I remember many, many years ago under the leadership of Dr. Hutchings, the Southwest Radio Church put out a book titled Marginal Mysteries. I was privileged to work on that project with Dr. Hutchings. I wrote the chapters on UFOs, the Shroud of Turin, the Russian mystic Rasputin, the Bermuda Triangle, Nostradamus, and several other marginal mysteries. So there are a lot of mysteries out there, and we're just trying to connect the dots. Donna, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Larry. It, this is surreal. I'm here in the Noah Hutchings and Larry Spargimino Radio Southwest. It's cool. This is, this is very surreal and a huge honor to be here. This is, you know, the 90th anniversary of our ministry. I haven't been here that long, but I've been here for about <laughs> 25 years. I, I just look forward to these two programs. But Donna, this book is the, the fruit of lots of research and careful writing. So how long did it take you and your dad to do it all? I've been, just been flipping through. There are hundreds of pages, endless footnotes, scripture verses. I mean, this is not something you just said, well, let's write it this weekend and we'll publish it. Right. How long did it take? <laughs> Well, it was probably, it's, it's not a stretch to say it was a good 20 years in the making. I wondered, I was probably 15 or so when uh, I first started questioning whether or not the mainstream interpretation of the age of the earth in the church could be the only interpretation or if there might be a different kind of explanation out there. And I started to notice really, really early on in conversations that I was having with other Christians around me, there was only one way to go and that was young earth, which identifies that the earth is approximately in the ballpark of six to 10,000 years old. When I had that conversation with unbelievers, they thought we were nuts. And they, and they just thought, well, you know, evolution says this and science says that, and you know, you know very well the, the direction that they come from, from their angle. So I started to feel like, wow, you know what? 
it's not it's not obvious it's not right in your face that it would be this way but the world actually does discount the bible because of this age of the earth question so if there could be another explanation out there we could be looking at the question of the age of the earth transitioning into an evangelistic opportunity right and of course you're not becoming secular you're not casting the bible out and saying Certainly well, we're going to go by the way of science that's really the answer you're actually going to the Bible, and you discuss some passages in the Bible. And I want to emphasize that because, like I said at the beginning, you know, when you speak about long history and ages, well, those people must be liberal. I know you, Dr. Horn, Derek Gilbert, Allie Anderson, all of the folks, Josh Peck, you all believe the Bible. Absolutely. Um, you mm-hmm. are supernaturalist in the full sense of the word. You believe that God is still working miraculously in the world today. You believe every every book in the Bible, every page in the Bible. Every I wanted word. to emphasize that. Every jot and every tittle, yes. Every, every jot and every tittle. I know your dad told me recently, he said, Donna is becoming a female Michael Heiser. And of course, if any of our listeners know Michael Heiser, he's <laughs> deceased now, he's with the Lord. But that is a real compliment because you've done a lot of writing. We've spoken about a lot of things. So as we start our program, the two of you, Dr. Horn and and Donna Howell, you had dinner with a famous theologian who said this very book before Genesis would start a war. What war was he referring to, and why did you both decide to publish the book despite the warning? I mean, you don't want a war, do you? Right. No. So we the reason that we did decide to go forward with the book anyway was because we did see it as an evangelistic opportunity. I'd like to kind of help answer this question by expressing something about Galileo that is a true piece of history so people can kind of grip on to what I'm saying here. In the time of Galileo, Galileo was able to use the testimony of his very own eyes through a telescope to study the space bodies and see that the earth was not at the center of the universe with the sun rotating around it, which was what the church believed at the time. Now, the church highly believed in that just to, to put a term out there that people can latch onto, that's called geocentrism. The geocentric model is the theory that the Earth is at the center and the sun and the other planets rotate around it. And it's based on the belief that certain subjects from straight out of the Psalms, verses straight out of the Psalms that say, God hath established this planet, it cannot be moved. Well, interpreted literally, that's the geocentric model. The heliocentric model, of course, is what we know to be true today, that these, that everything rotates around the sun in our galaxy and so forth. In the time of Galileo, he was laughed at, rebuked, eventually so much so that they called him a heretic. They put him on house arrest, the church did. They put him on house arrest and forced him to recant his entire life's work despite the, the, the evidence, the proof that was there. And so it was kind of a little bit of a, of a game for 300 years, a who's laughing now game where the church is ha-haing over here, but the world is saying, you guys are bananas. We can see it with our own eyes. This 300-year period, there were so many countless people who were lost in the world and they wanted to believe in the Bible, and they wanted to give their heart to the Lord and believe in something that is higher than themselves, but they kept getting stuck with this idea, I can't believe the Bible because it's, it represents this geocentric model, and that was the biggie of that day. 300 years went by, and nobody could reach those people, because if you're a Christian, you have to be geocentric and believe that everything rotates around the earth. So now here we are, 
in a similar situation today. If you're a Christian, you have to be a young earther. And if there's another explanation, will it take another 300 years for us to be able to reach (laughs) the lost who are saying, listen, folks, I understand you believe in God. I'm not saying he doesn't exist, but the Bible, if I can't trust the very first three verses out of the Bible, what else can I trust the Bible to say? So if we can bring relevancy back to Genesis, bring truth out of what Genesis is truly describing in the Hebrew, not in the English, but in the Hebrew, if we can look at those and see what's actually being described and, and be able to encounter another idea, another admissible theological response to what that book is saying, then suddenly Genesis gets relevant to the world. And watch what happens. Genesis gets relevant. Genesis 3.15 gets relevant. And that's God's promissory note of an upcoming Messiah. And Jesus gets important fast. Yes, the Proto-Evangelium, Genesis Mm -hmm. 3.15. There's so much in that. If we can remove the natural stumbling blocks that people have, I think that's very important. And, And I should say, Tom and you and the whole family, you have such a heart for the lost. I remember you made a movie. I think Johnny was a criminal. It's a beautiful evangelistic movie, you know. And when I first looked at that, I said, this is Tom Horn, because my idea of Tom was like, (laughs) oh, chasing spacecraft and stuff. So you love the Bible. You love Jesus. You love people. You want to reach people. And you have the Pony Ranch for abused children, and you have a ministry to them, too. So I just want to Fill out the picture that you are, for real, Christians who believe the Word of God. Throughout your book, you use the term true science. Now, what is the, uh, this definition, and why is it crucial to the relationship between science and theology? Yes, true science in the way that we've defined it in our book before Genesis is to understand that that is genuine reality, not our interpretation of genuine reality. And now, that's really important because To quote Werner Heisenberg, what we observe is not nature in itself, but nature exposed to our method of questioning. So we're finite people. Not all science is true. Not all science is wrong. For that matter, not all theology is true, but not all theology is wrong. We are simply humans looking at what God has written and what he has designed on our earth, and we're trying to make sense of it in the best way that we can. To look at true science, ask yourself two questions. First, did God write the Bible? Through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the answer is yes, he did. Did God create the universe, the earth, and all the planets, and all the solar bodies? The answer is, of course, yes. So if God created the world, and if God wrote the word, those two have to be in harmony. God is immutable. God cannot change. He's not flighty. He doesn't make something look like this over here to deceive mankind and then do something over there and sprinkle in deception. What he created, it's up to us to do the best we can with what we see. So what is true science? I'm not, when I say science in the book, I'm not talking about what has been discovered by a person in a lab coat or in a laboratory. I'm not talking about mathematical calculations. I'm not talking about anything that has stemmed from human observation. When I say true science, I'm referring to genuine reality. So if God did both the word and the world, then it is nothing short of a genuine act of worship to try to find a harmonious thread between those two. Well, friends, we're visiting with Donna Howell. She and her dad, Dr. Tom Horn, have written the new book titled Before Genesis. You can get your own copy of this fascinating work by calling one 800 
652-1144. I guarantee it will be informative, challenging, and drive you back to the Bible, which is a good thing. So the book is Before Genesis, 1-800-652-1144. Donna, unbelievably, you and Tom were able to make all three voices, science, young earth, and old earth, agree. That's kind of amazing. How can the earth be old and young at the same time without compromising scripture or without becoming irrational? Possible? How how is that happening? Tell us that. Right. So science and old earth at least agree on one point. Old earth creationism and science agree that earth is millions or billions or whatever of years old. That's all that needs to be in agreement at this point. Now, young earth theology, as I've said, believes that the earth is six to 10,000 years old. And that is based on Usher chronology originally. It's the idea that we genealogically took the time of Christ and, ba- and counted backwards to the time that Adam would have been created. And since Adam was created on the last day of creation, we land at approximately, in James Usher chronology, 4004 BC as the date of the beginning of the earth or earth's birthday at the same time of Adam. Now, here's how they can all agree. Now, I'm going to give you the ending of the book <laughs> at the beginning of this interview. The way it works is we see a restoration. We are gap theorists, but we go beyond that. Now, the gap theory identifies that there is a gap in time, an indeterminable a gap of time between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. In that, in the beginning, God created this, but then something happened that rendered the earth without form and void. So you which- don't agree with the gap theory? We are gap theorists, okay. but we go beyond that and we look at more more of the details in the margins of that to see what might be being explained. We look at Earth's oldest oldest legends. We look at things found in Cave 4 of the Qumran Caves that, that contribute to some of this information. We look at just all kinds of extra-biblical literature, things that are obviously never going to be as authoritative as the written Word of God, but might help in helping to determine what occurred in that time. So the young earth theology, how is it that all of these things could possibly be true? From a restorationist perspective, to answer your question from a moment ago, in the beginning, God created everything we see, the earth, the the solar system, all of that. But then something occurred in that gap that rendered the earth without form and void. Now, without So the form, earth became... Formless and void. That's and the, a possibility was and became. It's linguistically possible. Correct. Correct. And we can get into those Hebrew words uh, without form and void. We can get into what the Hebrew is here in a minute because those, those words actually do carry a connotation of, of, of God's wrathful judgment against something that happened. And, and we'll get into that. But to, to bring solace to the answer of, of the question of how can these all agree, the young earth sees evidence, Larry, real evidence. I'm not discounting the evidence that they see that the earth was created six to 10,000 years ago. But Tom and I are coming from the perspective that this is a restoration, a recreation, a relayering, a re-terraforming of what the earth had gone through. So in the beginning, God created it all. Something happened that rendered it without form and void. And then God restored it to what he originally intended for it to be. And then the flood happened, which relayered everything again. So when people come up and say, no, I found this in a, in, a, in a quartz crystal, or I see that the sun reflects off of this paleomagnetic rock over here, and this proves, yes, it does. It proves that there was a recreation event approximately six to 10,000 years ago. That's our theory. 
That's very interesting because I, as I hear you talking, you're talking about the Bible, you're talking about the Hebrew, you're talking about the original language, of course, what it says. So you, you are arguing that your position is not an extra biblical position, but it's solidly grounded in the Bible. And uh, if we study the Bible correctly, if we understand what the Word of God says, then we really are getting the true picture. So that's my next question. The words, the earth was without form and void, have been debated for thousands of years. And according to many experts in Hebrew, we just bet you that they actually mean the earth became a desolated wasteland and chaos. So you've kind of broken that down. And I think that's an interesting, what about the word was and became? What can we say about that? I know, um, for example, the Henry Morris Study Bible, I love it. We offer the Henry Morris Study Bible but it's got a note against that. Tell us your understanding of that. So the, the, the word for was or became actually comes from the Hebrew haya. And what that means, okay, let me give you an example straight out of the Bible. Genesis 19.26, and this is about Lot's wife. It says, but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. So she wasn't a pillar of salt, but by the end of the verse, she now is a pillar of salt. Something happened to her that rendered her that way. That word is hayah. And it is more often in the Bible rendered became. And it came to pass that. It something that existed one way became something else. It happened. It fell out. Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown from their critical commentary in taking tohu and bohu and all of these other verses about early earth into consideration from their commentary said, the world which had formerly been a scene of material beauty and order was by some great convulsion plunged into a state of chaos or widespread disorder and desolation, and they render haya became. So if you look at the uh, Hebrew without form and void, and I don't want to spend a great deal on this, but just to share one or two examples, we all know James Strong, this strong concordance. He says that uh, tohu means to lie waste or an undistinguishable ruin. Um, from another one, we've got uh, Brown Driver Briggs Hebrew English lexicon. I love that one. That one gets a lot of respect in the scholarly world. They said, God is not the author of confusion, but tohu means confusion or a land reduced to primeval chaos. This goes on and on. If you look at what these words originally meant in Hebrew and you look at the word haya, which means became, what we have, it's just as admissible, if not far more accurate, to see these first two verses in Genesis saying that in the beginning God created something very beautiful, a paradise, but then it became an uninhabitable wasteland of chaos. Well, Donna, we're just about out of time for this interview, but we are looking forward to having you back with us. This is certainly very, very informative. I must say, you sent me the PDF of the book. I've read most of it, uh, lots of it, lots of the sections very carefully, <laughs> and I wanted to see what we were doing, and I, I really appreciate the, uh, the work that you've done. I would pray, and I'm sure your prayer is that our love for the Bible would continue to grow and increase. We're not attacking the Bible in any way. We're attacking a view that you believe there's a, there's a better view that's more consistent with the Bible. So friends, we'll be back with Donna Howell, and we'll be talking about this amazing book. 
Be sure to tune in to your Watchman on the Wall broadcast of Southwest Radio Church. What occurred between God and Lucifer before the time of Adam is explored in the brand new book, Before Genesis. Dr. Tom Horn and his research assistant, Donna Howell, have waded through thousands of scholarly journals, books, articles, videos, and other media to present an astounding work like none other in this field of study that brings a fresh, modern perspective to contemporary sciences, the age-old question of what God's first enemy did to earth in the days that it was without form and void, and what may have really happened in the days of Adam. Order before Genesis today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order on our website, swrc.com. Before Genesis by Tom Horn, 1-800-652-1144. For those of you who shop online, today is Cyber Monday a day of deep discounts on products and items for Christmas presents for family and friends. Staff evangelist Josh Davis has some really exciting items from our resource center to share with you that are heavily discounted for Cyber Monday. Here's Josh with the details. As we leave Thanksgiving and we enter into the Christmas season, we just want to express our thanks to you, our friends. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry this year. Now, I'm excited to tell you about Southwest Radio Ministries Cyber Monday specials. Yes, today is Cyber Monday, and through our website, we have some special offers for you. But first, let me remind you that every time that you purchase a resource from us, you are partnering together with us in the ministry. We are, like it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, laborers together with God. So as God provides for each of us, we can become a channel of His blessings to other people. And that's what we attempt to do every single day at SWRC. We want to seize this moment to advance God's truth as far and as wide as we possibly can. When you partner with us through your prayers, through your financial gifts, you become part of this ministry together with us. So we pray that every resource that our ministry provides will equip you with the knowledge and the encouragement that you need to know and to grow in God and His truth. So that's why we're offering you some special deals today through swrc.com, on the Prophecy in the News magazine, Jonathan Kahn's latest book, The Josiah Manifesto, our 2024 calendar, several other discounted resources, and We're offering free shipping on all orders over $50 today only. We also have several items available that would make some great Christmas gifts. Let me highlight some of these in more detail for you. First, we're offering 60% off a two-year subscription to the Prophecy in the News magazine. Now, typically, a two-year subscription costs $59.95 for this monthly magazine today. You can get it for just $24, which is about a dollar for every issue of the Prophecy in the News magazine that you will receive over the next two years. So each month, this magazine is filled with timely information about Bible prophecy and events that are happening around our world. And a magazine subscription to the Prophecy in the News is just a great way to stay informed. I think it would make a wonderful gift for someone else. And today's a great day to save 60% off of the magazine, 
And you can join our growing list of subscribers by calling us at 1-800-652-1144 or by visiting swrc.com. You can find the special offer for this Prophecy in the News magazine on the website swrc.com. Secondly, today we're offering 50% off of Jonathan Kahn's latest book, The Josiah Manifesto. And these books have been selling fast, and so we want you to take advantage of this great offer to get a copy for yourself, or maybe you want to buy a copy for someone else as a gift today. Again, it's Jonathan Kahn's Josiah Manifesto, The Ancient Mystery and Guide for the End Times. 50% off of that book today only. Thirdly, we're offering 50% off of our 2024 calendar. And this year's calendar theme is Unseen Israel. We feature many places in Israel that tourists do not or cannot go to, and we connect each of these sites with great biblical truths. Music CDs, gifts from the Holy Land, these are just a few of the many wonderful resources that we have available in our Christmas collection. You can place your order by calling us at 1-800-652-1144 or by visiting us online at swrc.com. Please don't forget that today only, we're offering free shipping on all orders of $50 or more online. Again, that's swrc.com. Once again, I want to thank you for partnering with us. We want to really seize this moment and pursue every open door that the Lord provides for us until He calls us home to be with Him forever and forever. And we're trusting in the Lord to provide for us as He has for over 90 years in this ministry. And we invite you to partner with us in producing some wonderful Bible content for all ages. You know, we can complain about the spiritual darkness growing all around us, or we can counter that darkness with the light of life. Yes, I know this world is in a mess, but the church has the answer. His name is Jesus. We want to do everything that we can to shine the light of His truth into this world while we still have a window of opportunity. So I ask you to prayerfully consider how you can partner with us for the glory of God and the advancement of His kingdom in our day. We have several ministry projects that we would like to see accomplished soon. We need your help to see them become a reality. You'll hear some more information about that, God willing, on tomorrow's program. Pioneer missionary Hudson Taylor is credited with saying, quote, I have found that there are three stages in every great work of God. First, it is impossible. Then it is difficult. Then it is done, end quote. Today is Cyber Monday, and tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. Would you prayerfully consider what God would have you to do to partner with us as laborers together with God? What impossibilities could be done for the glory of God over the next 12 months as we partner together in ministry? What occurred between God and Lucifer before the time of Adam is explored in the brand new book entitled Before Genesis. Order Before Genesis by Tom Horn when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order on our website, swrc.com. And don't forget the special offers available today only at our website, swrc.com. Deep discounts on our calendar, books, DVDs, and a special discount for subscriptions to our Prophecy in the News magazine. Tomorrow, Donna Howe will share more details into what may have been happening before Genesis. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station, 
by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.